Welcome to part two of this out of line discussion with Emily Katz. All right. So let's see. So going going into the realm of social media, um, we actually like have barely talked about it, which I'm so curious because clearly your social media following is ginorm. And I'm really uh, I'm really curious to hear about what your sort of timeline of that has been like and like with your other businesses. Did you like that? And like, and like, wow. I'm like so excited. I can't get the words out of my brain fast enough. So I'm just saying, and like, and like, anyway, so with, um, with your other businesses that you've had and with your, your fashion and with your, the one before that, the, um, Bonnie hearts Clyde, did you have social media back then? Um, and what has it been like now as modern macrame as Emily Katz? Can you just sort of go back to the beginning and tell me what that's been like? Yeah, absolutely. If social media had really existed when I was a clothing designer, I probably would have been more successful clothing designer. It was so hard, so much work. Uh, So I had a blog, actually. Um, I had a blog that was called Love Menu. It was a food blog. And... I posted pretty frequently and I actually was picked up by some food blog site agency thing that was called Food Buzz and I don't think it exists anymore. And this was in 2009. Uh, It exists somewhere online still. I haven't looked at it in a really long time. I didn't delete it though. I actually, I don't really know what what it's doing. Um, But so I had a food blog, but I didn't do any other social media. I didn't really do, I mean, I guess actually come to think of it. When I was in high school, I had a live, was it live journal? Yep. Yep. Totally. I, I was really into poetry and I was like a poet online and would write my poetry online and post it. I just feel like I need to just like bow down to your artistry. Like the number of, I mean, people tell me that I do a lot of stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. Have you heard of Emily? Like food, like fashion, like poetry, macrame, being an author. I'm just like, I need to lay down, but keep telling me everything. So many things. I love it. Keep going. Live journal. Live journal. Yeah. Live journal. I have no idea if that exists anymore. I don't either, but I remember it. Yeah, I was a daily poster on that in the early, early days. And it was just, it was a, I was a teenager and I was just writing poems. So many poems, hundreds and hundreds of poems. I mean, I have a lot in books too. And I actually had thought about self-publishing a book of poetry. Maybe someday. Uh, I did a little blurb book actually, and I had made I made one copy, and I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll make more. So who knows? I'll add it to my list of things to do when I'm forty. <laughs> Once I'm do like, it. Tired from selling rope. Oh. Um, so I I started. I joined Instagram in August of 2011, and I know the date almost to the date because. I was living in a tiny little cabin in the backyard of this cool house in Portland. 
my boyfriend and I had just broken up and I had bought a Porsche yellow Dodge conversion van. And I had a love interest in Los Angeles. Um, it's a dangerous place to have a love interest. I know. And I was going to drive here. And I was like, I'm moving to L.A. in my Porsche yellow Dodge conversion van. And my first ever Instagram post is of my van. And it was August. And I had, I had been living in this cute cabin in the backyard for, for like six months. And I had just turned in my keys to my landlord. I moved out. I moved all of my stuff into the van. And then right before I was going to go on the trip, I, uh, I was going to a music festival. And anyway, this is a whole nother, I'm like totally going on a tangent, but I ended up meeting Adam at this music festival. No way. And social media plays into it because I, um, I posted a photo that at the time it was linked to Facebook. And so I was like on Facebook a tiny bit, but I posted my first Instagram photo and I was using like a hipstamatic filter and it was all grainy and, and I post my van. And then the next photo that I post is of this beautiful canopy that they do. They do this beautiful ceiling installation canopy at this music festival called Pickathon. That's like a three day camping music festival outside of Portland and I had met Adam like a couple of months before at a, sh at a rock show and I asked him out and he's like, yeah, I'll totally find you on Facebook or something. And we didn't end up connecting. Um, and I was busy and I was like leaving for LA anyways. I didn't want to like get wrapped tied up. Down. Tied down. <laughs> oh man. Um, so I go to this music festival and I am just, uh, I am high on life. I am like so happy. I'm doing what I'm following my dream. I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but that's fine. I save some money. I'm just, I'm moving to LA and I post a photo of this beautiful ceiling installation. And I, it's like, it, it goes right to Facebook. It's from Instagram. It pushes to Facebook. Right. So Adam and I had become friends on Facebook. And so he knew that I was there because he saw my photo and we get, and I'm like hanging out with my girlfriends and having the best time. And I'm wandering through the crowd and all of a sudden like this sea of people splits and there's Adam at this like wine barrel in this backyard with string lights everywhere, drinking cider out of like a clean canteen cup or whatever, you know, dreamy. And he's just, and it was just the, yeah, the seas parted and he said, hello. And then he told me later that he knew that I was there and he couldn't wait to run into me because he was like ready to make me his woman. Oh my. And it didn't really work out exactly like that, but we ended but up But he dating. had at least like showered that day so that he, yeah, cause he, he knew you were showered. there. Yeah. He showered. We totally made out in a field all night long. Aww. And then we just had all these built in dates. Anyway, that's like, you know, that's real life. That's right. really what happened. But so then I ended up not moving to LA and the van broke down like really quickly after that. Um, but I'm just like starting to post on my Instagram and it's kind of like our, our growing romance is not really on it. You know, we're I like I definitely keep 
more, I keep that more separate, but he definitely showed up in some of my posts. But I was posting about art making and about music. And, and I think because I had had this fashion and music and art career and dabbled in food and worked in restaurants, I had about 3,000 Instagram followers, just kind of off the bat. And then in February of 2012, Instagram selected me as a featured user or as a suggested user, which mm-hmm. is something that they used to do. They used to. They don't anymore. They don't in the same way. I mean, it seems like they've changed it. So they've changed so many things. But but they suggested me as a user, and I got 30,000 new followers over the course of a week and a half. Wow. And some of them were just random people who are never going to engage. But then there were a lot of people that were really interested in what I was doing based on interiors and just what I was into and travel and food. And it was the beginning. For me, it was really the beginning of Instagram. It was like five. No, it was it was almost seven years ago. Wow. Six and a half years ago. And... I just started posting. I was just posting what I liked to post. It was really organic. And Adam and I were going on a road trip. And so it was kind of like the perfect time for Instagram to feature me because I was creating a lot of really fun content. And uh, yeah, from there, it just grew. It was like I got a lot of other features like Nylon did 18 interior designers to follow and BuzzFeed featured me. And and from there, it just grew and grew and grew. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so now, because you've got you've got two, you know, sort of major accounts. You've got your personal Emily Katz, and then you've got Modern Macrame, and both of them have pretty healthy followings. Um, are you active on both of them? And how do you decide what's what's private and what's mm. what's worth posting about? Well, the Modern Macrame Instagram was started only maybe two years ago because I wanted to start to separate myself from the business just a little bit. Like I wanted to be able to post things that didn't have anything to do with macrame, but I also wanted to create a space where people could, where we could do some fun reposting and really celebrate the community, the macrame community, the fiber art community, the textile community, the just the craft community in general. And so it started out as a lot of the work that I was doing. I was focusing on pushing it more to the modern macrame page so that the Emily Katz page could be more my lifestyle. It could be, um, it could be interiors. It could be fashion. It could be more like things that were just part of my everyday life. Whereas modern macrame was really just more about the macrame. Um, I have someone who helps me out like 10 hours a month who just does engagement. She's a college student. She's awesome. And she just engages with people on there. And she's really helped grow the brand's Instagram a lot. Like, I think we're at 80 something. And when she started, we were at 20 something. So in the last year, it's just gone up. It's grown way faster than my personal account has kind of stayed the same for a long time but that one has just grown like crazy um and then I also have a girl who's who works for me who's doing some blogging and doing some social media and she's running the account now um but I do check in on it 
I mean, it's it's connected. So I would say I, I probably check in every day and look at the stories and look at the look at the direct messages and make sure there's nothing that's really more specific that I can answer but I trust them to be handling it and it makes a lot a lot of the questions now are like what color do you ship rope to Canada yeah I don't need to answer that yeah totally um and then the Emily Katz like brand quote-unquote brand is really you know it's just more it's just me it's travel it's lifestyle um it's some of my personal life I mean it is it's my quote personal life but there's still definitely there's still pieces of myself that I that I keep to myself too, mm. which I think is cool. And not that I'm that private of a person because I feel like if someone asked me a question and in person, I would totally be happy to share like in detail about things in my life. Obviously, I feel like vulnerability is really important and authenticity and and um and I, and I hope that I show that in what I share. And uh, at the same time, I feel like it's kind of cool to have secret things about yourself that you can share at dinner parties. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't want to give it all away. No, you got to keep a little bit. Yeah. You got to keep them wanting a little bit. <laughs> I think that's funny because that, that sounds like my husband, Jaden, um, a lot. And I know Adam and Jaden are a bit the same in the sense that they, both of them are part of the world where they know so many people who are known online and yet they don't they don't subscribe to that on the same levels that we do like I might open Instagram 20 times a day totally. and Jaden might open it 20 times a year and you know sometimes Jaden will be like why are you saying that online don't say that online and I'm like well I don't care it's my life I can I don't I don't need to be private about it and he'll be like yeah but just because you you don't care and, and you have anything to hide doesn't mean you have to tell everyone everything. I'm like, oh, so what's that like? <laughs> I love that. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. But I guess that's like when you have a partner, yeah. like for me, if it was just me, I'd be like, what? I'll tell you. I don't care. Um, but when it when I'm with someone else and his life is a part of my life, mm -hmm. suddenly that impacts my decisions and what I share online, not because, you know. Like, I might be like, yeah, let's talk about our sex lives right now. Go. But he would be like, do not. That yeah. is like our thing. Like, don't right. just go. And I would be like, why? And he would be like, but it's our thing. And I would be like, oh, fine. But it's that. But that's the kind of thing where, like, it's not up to me anymore to just be like, well, I'm going to tell you everything because it involves someone else. Yeah. So what's that like for you being with Adam and being with someone who is I'm making up? I'm assuming that he's like Jaden in the sense that because he's not online as much as you are. So I'm assuming that he has a perspective on it. And what's that like for you to both work with him um, and also be, you know, intimately involved and be like committed to each other and also what's it like to be with someone who isn't online as much as you are is that too many questions no in one? I, okay let's see if i can get through <laughs> these so, so many questions he yeah he's definitely not online as much and uh but he has so many amazing authentic in-person relationships mm. that are deep and vulnerable and he has more boyfriends like guy friends yeah like you know we're planning a wedding and he is just like, he's like, well, I don't know who I'm going to choose to be my best man because there's literally like 12 best mans. That's so sweet. And I'm like, well, then does that, what does that mean for me? I'm like, I guess I have 12 
best late. I mean, I sure I have, I could just imagine, just imagine. No, yeah. but, um, but yeah, he's not as, he's not online, but he's really great in person. And, you know, he's, uh, let's see, wait, I'm, I've like lost track. <laughs> no, I mean, I asked you a lot of questions. Uh, so it was, it was about what it's like to both work with him yeah. and, and to like have a working and love relationship right. with the same person. And also, you know, what's it like kind of finding the line between what you share online and what you don't, because he's more private. I'm assuming I'm making this up. Yeah. I don't know if he's more private. I just know I'm assuming that because I've met him and I know how lovely he is in person, like you saying, it's kind of like Jaden. I mean, when people meet Jaden, everyone likes him way more than they like me. He is like <laughs> fully kind. He is yeah. so connected. Like both Adam and Jaden, they like see people for who they really are and they meet them where they're at and they're so loving and they're so willing to just like be in relationship with people. And so I feel like that's the one downside. Well, not, not the only, but one of the downsides to social media is that some of the best people Mm. aren't, aren't actually seen because Mm -hmm. they don't play the game of social media, but they're actually the better people. Like Jaden is Jaden is like the biggest heart in the world, but so many people think that, you know, I'm so much of our, our team. They're like, Oh, Caroline, you know, you do all this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, it's like really us. But because he's not constantly online being like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Everyone just thinks that it's me. I'm like, no, no, no. It's it. He's actually amazing. He's just not kind of self promoting and talking about it in a public forum all the time. So I guess I'm kind of projecting my like reality onto you and asking you, <laughs> asking you if there's any crossover or if I'm making it up. No, I mean, it is interesting to work with your partner, right? So, and I always had this dream of being a power couple and I've dated people who I thought were going to be my, my king, you know, were king and queen of, well, it sounds weird to say it like that, but I like wanted that for so long. And, and Adam and I, we do work together. We work together on interior design projects and the restaurant we designed actually won like a restaurant of the year award, which is awesome. So dope. Just the beginning. Yes. Not queen. like I have, yes. Not like I have time to do any interior design right now, but it's a goal And it's something that he and I do really well together. And we actually got those jobs because of my Instagram. So I see the benefit to promoting us together. And then I also, like, I'm not one of those Instagrammers that's, like, really into showing, like, our... We're not, like, sitting on the couch and cuddling together and that's not a photo, like maybe the dog is sitting on the couch and that's the photo. Right. And yes, it is a little bit interesting when you're bringing people into your home, especially because the photos of mine that get the most engagement are photos of my home, not photos of beautiful places around the world. It's all the, all of the photos that have the highest engagement are all photos of my home. And people sometimes say, isn't it weird that I know what your bedroom looks like? And I was like, well, I mean, when you put it that way, (laughs) maybe, no, it's fine. It doesn't weird me out and it doesn't weird Adam out either, you know, and we definitely, we do have things that are private that aren't online, but that are definitely public knowledge to our friends or things that we don't share 
as openly, but it doesn't mean that they're not available. It doesn't mean that we're not available to talk about them. It's just that we have these, like some things have to be kept to ourselves. And I think on some level that's because there's, there's the desire to, like I said, to have those dinner party conversations or to like continue exploring the world and what it means to be a person or I don't know, keeping some things to ourselves. It just, I think the truth of it is that I'm a much more open person and I'm totally, even if it's frightening sometimes and it can be really vulnerable and to talk about my mom and to talk about like failure and bankruptcy and all of this stuff and like sometimes being a bad boss or whatever, like to talk about all of these things that that I feel shame about or that I feel nervous about sharing because maybe I think people won't like me or I think people won't understand me. The truth is, is that some of those things now, like it's important because I am part of a partnership and like, I want Adam to feel comfortable and loved and, and respected most of all, because he might not want me to like share about X, Y, or Z. And that's totally fine because I respect him. Mm. And I hope even talking about it is like, he's like, well, you didn't, but you did. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm also sitting here going, I wonder if Jaden's going to edit this and just take it out. <laughs> and maybe, I don't know. And that's fine too. You yeah. know, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, there's things that, that we... <sighs> It's just about how, how do we show the world? Okay. Social media, as we know it, is about showing the world the best versions of ourselves. It doesn't show when we have bad days. I mean, some people's whole shtick is about the bad day. And, and that's about, their brand. And about their brand and about being vulnerable and about being honest and you know like Jen's I listen to Jen's show and I watch her and follow Jen Gotch on Instagram and like she puts things out there that I would never put out because it's not I don't feel comfortable sharing about that and there's a lot that I don't talk about I don't talk about my parents health you know like I don't talk like my dad had a stroke I don't talk about that I don't talk about my personal health um I don't not usually. And I sort of struggle with these things sometimes. Oh, I don't talk about like, are Adam and I going to have kids? I know that, you know, there's, there's ways to talk about these things in certain arenas, like this podcast, for example. But there's all of these things that like, it's not that I think that they need to be private. It's that for me, what I'm excited about sharing is the positive upliftment, aspiration, and I would say that it makes me feel better. I know it also makes some people feel really shitty. Mm. Like I've had people tell me that they don't follow me anymore because they don't want to see my perfect life all the time. Um, and I'm like, well, whatever. My life is not perfect. Don't you get it? I was in New York recently trying on these like three $13,000 earrings for fun because I, my friend works at the store and I was like, I could wear these for my wedding. I could never afford those. Yeah. I mean, maybe they could loan them to me with a security guard present. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, there's aspiration and 
I just like to play with it. For me, it's play. And I've, I've heard you talk about that before too, that social media is really a game and why not play with it? Why not like, why not just explore it and make, and make it fun and make it whimsical and, Mm -hmm. and make it playful. And it doesn't have to be so serious. It doesn't have to be about like my hard day or, you know, I've definitely had moments where, yeah, where I can't get out of bed in the morning. And, you know, I don't talk about that as much. And Mm. I think that there's, there's definitely a balance. And I've questioned this in myself, like, do I go into these details? Do I do people want to know the more vulnerable personal side of me? Do I want to share that? Also, now with having this long term amazing partner, like, how much does he feel comfortable with us sharing about our personal lives? And it's not just about me anymore, too. And but at the same time, I, I recognize like the gen gotchas of the world where, yes, some people are like, oh, my God, I don't want to watch that because it's really intense. And at the same time, other people are like, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing because I feel like I feel the same way as you. And it's so good to know that there's people out there who can be role models mm. for this, for whatever X, Y, and Z it is. And so I, I think that if we ever have another discussion, that there that that it would be interesting to know, like how how do these things evolve? How do we how do we change and grow as social media changes and grows? Like what is it going to look like? I mean, what if social media is just all of a sudden like Big Brother cameras and we're all part of a show that we're like not even in charge of anymore? Like maybe in that Facebook and Instagram legal that no one ever read, it says something like that. Uh, It probably does. Just to be honest with you. (laughs) You never know. Uh huh. So who knows? I mean, it's like how much of our lives do we keep private? How much of them do we share? And and how does that evolve and change? Uh, I don't have the answers, but yeah. it's an, but it, but I'm curious about it. I'm curious about it too, and I think in this in the way that we were talking about social media being a game, there there is sort of this funny element to it where it's also like, but if it feels too real, then be honest about it. Like if if following someone is making you actually genuinely feel bad about yourself for some reason or if they're presenting something that makes you, you know, struggle with your own self-acceptance or whatever it is, like you don't have to follow anyone. And there I mean, sometimes when people have unfollowed me or when I've unfollowed other people, sometimes I feel like I need to do that conversation thing that's like, hey, um, I haven't followed you and here's why. And I feel like that's so, it's so dumb. Like I wish I could go back and talk to like the founding fathers of America and be like, hey, so guess what? In like 2018, there's going to be this <laughs> woman in LA that has a conversation with her friend that says, hey, I'm unfollowing you and here's why. And they would just be like, what the? Yeah, they would be they would be I mean, I wish I could see their faces. But um, I think, you know, like uh, earlier on in in this podcast, um, I talked to Lisa Congdon, who's an amazing artist. And I love how she just like flat out gave everyone permission. Like if you're following someone that makes you feel bad about yourself, undo, unfollow. There's no there's no reason why you need to do that. So um, 
I love what you're saying. And I, I think I am curious as well to just see where it goes because it's still so new and it really has completely changed the world in like a decade. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, imagine us in another 10 years. Like if, if everything that's happened in the past seven years is all, you know, so new, who knows what's going to happen in the next seven. Um, so I'm very curious about it. And you know, I'm also holding on for the ride because I feel like it's one of those things that if our identities are too wrapped up in it and then it crumbles, mm -hmm. you know, if yeah. like. What happens if Instagram's just gone tomorrow? Exactly. I mean, so many people. I built my business completely on it. I mean, I, I got I had a Forbes article recently written about my company, which is so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And it was all about how I haven't spent a single dollar on marketing because it was all through Instagram. It's and I mean, so my, dope. the same article could have been written about so many people. But it was you. So but, soak it in. OK, fine. Thank you. I'm going to just absorb that. <laughs> just take thank a minute. Thank you, universe. Amazing. I'm going to drink my tea or a sh pink champagne. Pink champagne. Pink champagne. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh we don't know where it's all going to go. And, but at the same time, my hope is that we'll all be able to evolve into the new thing. Right. And, and it's cool because I love the challenge. I mean, when I first started, there were so few people doing macrame and now there's thousands, Yeah, which is awesome because it means that I have my, my business has been growing and growing because I keep adapting and evolving. Yeah. And I love that. It's such a fun challenge. Yeah. But that's what makes you a real artist because I think so many people copy what someone else has done and that's that's it. Like that's the end. They're like, oh, I can do that because you did that and you showed me what to do so I can copy that and it works. But then the person like you who can say, oh, I've got people copying me. Now I'm going to evolve into the next thing that's original. Yeah. That's rare. Not everyone can do that. And a lot of people wish they could, yeah. um, but it's definitely more difficult to be like, oh, time to get original. Um, so, yeah, I get, <laughs> get it, girl. So on that on that sort of note, I'm curious. I um, I know we've talked about my amazing sponsor of Out of Line, which is Cat Footwear. And the reason that I love them so much um, and the reason that I actually genuinely wear my cat shoes all the time is um that they're really they're not just a brand they're also a way of looking at life and it is all about um being bold and being bold in creativity and so when you when you are creating something new like you've literally reinvented yourself like eight times and like it, and those are just the stories that i've heard about so when you're considering what to do next and whether something is worth taking the risk or not, what is that, what does that process feel like for you? And if someone's listening, that's like, I've got this idea and maybe I should try it and maybe I shouldn't. And what about this and fears and feel like, what's your, what does your gut feel like? What does it, what does it sound like when you know you're on to the, to the right idea for you that, that you need to do next? Hmm. That's such a good question. Well, I, as, as I told you before, and when we were talking about my book launching, right? So my book is coming out, it's been four years in the making and that feeling of like, how do we celebrate? Right? So I decided I've actually known for a really long time. I've had my eyes on this 
vision of taking a US doing a US road trip tour. And so I decided to go on a three month long nonstop pretty much tour of the whole US to 45 cities, right? And so many of my friends who either are in touring bands, actually my friend Rachel who set who did the tour plan of like the dates of the tour, she used to manage a bunch of amazing bands and she was like, I have never seen a tour like this. Like ever. Like <laughs> you are an insane person. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, okay. Insane is one way to put it. Um, but I would just say uh industrious and 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 just excited like Mm. I'm I I think that that feeling for me was about I want to just do this so that like to the biggest and best in the biggest and best way that I can like I want to celebrate with as many people as I can and I want to share my love of what I'm doing and so it's really been so much about about what is what is the thing even if it sounds crazy like even if your dream sounds crazy to somebody it doesn't matter it's your dream like take your dream and and figure out how to do it and maybe it's working back so i don't think that i could have i know that i couldn't have accomplished all of this on my own either so find the people that can help you with your dream find the best support team possible Make sure that you're very clear. Like, my goal is to get a super dope sprinter van and be able to, like, have awesome pop-ups with all these artists and, like, don't have a van yet, but maybe sometime that'll happen. You know, but, but to be really clear about the things that you want, because if it's clear, then it's easier for you to, to be able to get them, for it to come to you. That's such a good one. Clarity. Almost every single time something breaks down in my life, when I look at it, I'm like, oh, I wasn't I wasn't clear in my communication. I didn't I didn't say what I wanted. I didn't ask what they were looking for. I didn't listen. I didn't like it's all so much about communication and and even communication with myself. Yeah. Like, what do I want? And if I'm not clear on that, then why would I think anyone else can figure that answer out for me? It's all about being clear. And and I've been taught how about manifesting since I was a little kid. My parents tell this story before they split up about being in Hawaii, being on being in Kauai, and they wanted to rent a house for three months and they wrote a list of everything that they wanted. They wanted an outdoor shower, banana trees, view, secluded, X, Y, Z. They wrote the price and everything. And they go to this like a real estate place and it was just a rental, but they go to this place and they, they inquire about the properties available. And the guy's like, oh my God, you won't believe it. This one place came available today and it's like right across from David Crosby's house and whatever. My dad's just like, yes. And then the dates didn't line up. And so my dad always was like, make sure that you're very clear about your manifestation. And I I, I love to help my friends with this, like with their 
love lives or with whatever, like you have to write every single thing down. Like if you're going to try to manifest your love, like don't forget to put that they're emotionally available on there. Yeah. You know, like you could write down all these great things and yeah, that guy exists, but he might not be available to you. But I think about that in work and life and it's just, it's something that I'm still working on all the time, but being really clear. And I think that that helps you that helps me have the confidence to be bold because I know what I'm stepping into. Well, apparently I'm having you back on the podcast to talk about manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening. We um, can talk about it when my tour is over and we'll see. Yes. We'll see what I manifested. Oh, that'll be so fun. I can't wait. Well, I know you listened to the podcast a little bit, so you probably already know what the last two questions are, but there are two final questions. And one of them is, what do you do for your self-care routine and how do you show love for yourself? Well, um, every time I come to Los Angeles, I go to either the Wii Spa or the Olympic Spa and I get a mega scrub down. And actually yesterday I went to the Olympic Spa and I had the most insane shiatsu massage. Like, I think I probably have bruises all over my body from... (laughs) She got in my armpit. I was like, my neck hurts. She was like, do you work with your hands? I was like, yeah. She's like, can I work on your hands? And I was like, yeah, okay. She spent an hour just like literally beating the crap out of me. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, But cooking for sure is a self-care routine for me. Um, I love cooking so much. I love just being inspired by food and flavors and sitting down with friends and God, it's not something that I get to do when I'm on the road very often. Um, I also really, really love sleeping in and I travel with a foam roller that has a, that's like hollow on the inside that Adam bought me as a gift which is, he's really good at these practical gifts. Not so good at like some other ones. I love you, babe. Um, (laughs) But he knows it, but so good. I mean, it's the most amazing thing to take on the road. Just roll your back out at the end of a day. Um, But I don't know, I have a lot of, I love taking baths. I love being in the ocean. I've recently started exercising and I have a really terrible relationship with exercise, but I feel excited about tackling that mountain of desire to yeah. like want to like get my blood flowing and get really fit and healthy especially with like a mom who had a heart transplant at 40 I'm like I better get my heart into good health you know so that's really exciting um, so that's a lot yeah. I also would say that like I said earlier about if I'm just like really listening to myself and trusting if I need to take a day for self-care that I, that I should, that I will. And, um, because I'm not very awesome of a person otherwise, like we need those days for ourselves. Yeah. For it's sure. hard to fill other people's cups if it yours is. is empty. Exactly. All right. So what do you have in common with, with everyone else on planet earth? Hmm. Hmm. I want to be loved. 
And I think that that's the thing that ties everyone together. Like, the only reason why we do anything that we do is to feel like we're loved, is to be loved and to love back. And I think that that's something, even, even people who maybe you wouldn't look at them and say that they want love, you know, I think that that's, that's really the thing that ties everyone together. That's so beautiful. I tend to agree. <laughs> You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using Out of Line Podcast and let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?